Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where every Tuesday we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft. To wrap up this lovely month of my birth and revisiting past interviews, I'm bringing back Waba. This time it's Macy's turn. Macy and I talk about imposter syndrome, practical magic, and some really good stuff about canines. Yeah, dogs. Next week we'll be in June, and that's Pride Month. Be sure to come back for a full month of amazing interviews spotlighting the LGBTQIA community. Now let's get to the stories. Welcome, Macy. I'm very glad to have you here. Super excited to talk to you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I, I've been looking forward to it so much, uh, so, so much now, uh, over a few weeks. And uh, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for us to, 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 just, to just chat, man. Me too. And thank you for coming. Of course. So please introduce yourself. Let the people know who you are, what you do. Hit those socials if you want to. Okay. See, this is where we start seeing my lack of ability of being able to talk about myself. This is going to be a good time. <laughs> uh, I am Macy uh, from the 50% of the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. Uh, I do that show along with my cousin slash essential sister at this point, uh, Charlie. And uh, we're we're a couple we're a couple of witches, um, and we just started a podcast about our journey, and we bring topics every week, uh, just kind of what we're feeling or what we're looking into, and we talk about them. Uh, and those topics do get discussed in and out of a whole bunch of streams uh, of other bullshit uh, <laughs> that we cover along the way as we grasp to stay on topic. That's what we're there for. <laughs> the bullshit. I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank goodness, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's the the podcast again. It's Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. You can find us over on Instagram at Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. You can just search the title or go to at Witch Amateur Hour. And we have a Slam and Coven over there Facebook group. That's a good yes. ass time. It's what actually my favorite thing about Facebook. It, it's mine too. Like I, I don't scroll my timeline. I I don't like to go there. It's not a good place. Um, so, but I do. I like have it ex- purely for that group. So I'll like open the app and like hit the groups, and it's like that's my immediate motion, and I go straight to the coven and the Patreon coven. It's just a great time, and you're a mod, which is great. Thank you for that. Thank you for your service. Oh no. <laughs> Well, thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Who would you say your podcast is for? See, that's a tough question because Charlie and me talk about sometimes how we we don't even under, we don't know that. We don't know why people listen to us. But if I had to (laughs) guess, um, I think it's, I would, of course, I would hit on the, the beginner's aspect um just but but at the same time i mean maybe not like total beginners because we've like made several mistakes um along the way but just people who are perhaps interested but intimidated i guess is what i would say um if you're really really interested in the metaphysical and it is very 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 overwhelming um and if you're a bit intimidated and perhaps maybe a bit alone feeling 
uh, and where to start and, and, and all of that. Uh, I would say it's, it's good for that. It's a really laid back podcast. Uh, the coven's a very laid back place. We don't think too highly of ourselves. Uh, and we just like to talk. It's, it's me and my cousin having conversations in small, tiny rooms and you get what, you know, you get what you get, uh, out of that. But I think it, I, I've heard, um, that it gives people a sense of community uh, and things yeah, like that. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. If if you're a solo, if you're a solitary witch, but you still want community, this is it. That makes this is happy. where you go. That makes me really, really happy to hear. Uh, and, and we started it out, not like specifically for that reason. Like, you know, we didn't start out at all to be like, we're going to be successful. We didn't think that for two goddamn seconds, but surprise. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but we did start it just to, just to see, who else was out there, you know, like just to kind of speak out into the void and see if there's others out there who were like us and were trying to find their way and things like that. And it's just amazing that that involved to it just being this place that's connected a lot of people. How, how did you get the money? I've, since I started this like 10 minutes ago, Hmm. I know I had a bunch of the stuff already because I do YouTube and other random things, but it didn't seem like you guys did that. How did you get funding for this? We started as cheap as you physically, humanly possibly could. Like we, we are so deadly serious when we, we talk about on the podcast every now and again, just like describing the setup of our first recording. And it is as bare bones almost as you can as you can get like we basically i had a uh i had a computer at the time like a macbook it's a, it was a 2013 uh that i had i got with a scholarship from high school and nice. i still had congratulations oh thank you uh, it served me well and uh we bought a couple of uh those little uh blue snowball mics they're like 50 bucks each and it could not handle my voice, and I blew it out <laughs> e- immediately. And, but we we got a couple of those, and that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, we based that was like a purchase, and uh, you know, we we have, we of course got like you know, we didn't even have mic arms yet. Like, we just literally bought a couple of snowballs and used a free recording software, and then just had to pay out a little bit of money for hosting and stuff like that. But I mean, we we started very, very, very bare bones. So, I mean, it's like, that's one thing I do like to talk about is that it is absolutely possible to be that completely just brand new to it. And it's still, it's still pan out. I will say that having heard other people recently who also start like that, you guys did a great job editing. Dude, I'm learning how hard that is. It is. It's well, not like this. No, because with audio editing, your mind just wants to fuck off so hard, or at least mine does. And so it's like, you know, you're trying to listen and you're listening for any, you know, because we like to take out any, even if it's minor things like little sniffs and throat clears, Mm -hmm. just because sometimes that can take you out of the lull that a conversation can put you in. And, you know, so it's like, you're trying to listen for those, but then you start like, I don't know, thinking about literally anything else. And that's where I run into trouble. And so I usually, I'm, I'm pretty good. Like I'll sit down and I'll edit an episode usually in one or two sittings. I, I like to to like make it 
I set the time down, I make some tea and I'm like, all right. But at the same time, it usually takes longer still than it should because half that time I'm having to go back five minutes and be like, what the fuck were we talking about? You know, and have to, cause I just, <laughs> I do, I, I zone out a lot. So I, I do editing, editing's a, a fun time. You recognize those ums though. I say it so much. I say it so much that I know what my the waveform looks like. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, you recognize it. Yeah, I don't even. I I just see it. I'm like, "Mm," and I'll just highlight it and take it out. And it's just like, man, I throw those down. Yeah, no, I I feel you. I feel you on that. But it's exciting. I'm glad you're doing this. Like it. I'm so pro starting a podcast. It's just such a. It's it's a fun project to do. It seems like I'm, I'm having a good time. It is. And, and this is a fun thing. You just get to talk to people. I, I really, that's, that's cool. You're going to get some cool stories. I hope so. That's what I want. <laughs> I'm here for the stories, You're man. The stories, man. I get it. Now I Googled you because. Oh my God. I want to be like Sean Evans and ask the deep questions well, and have yeah, them man. say, oh my God, what a good question. Nobody's, you were, you did your job. Yeah. I'm you still in shock that I've, I've been Googled. <laughs> oh. And I, so I saw what you did in the past. How did you move from marketing to this? A a solid bit of being completely disenchanted. Um, I went to business school. I have a business degree with an emphasis in marketing. And so naturally that's, you know, what my jam was. It was like, well, I'm going to work in marketing and it's going to be great. And, you know, you're in college and you don't, you're still you know, still very young. I'm still young, but like you're younger then. And, you know, I was just, I grew up in the country. And even though I always felt, you know, totally at peace here, I had it in my head, like, but I'm so made for the city. I got to live in the city and I got to like, I got to like get in there. I've just got to get <laughs> really? in there, you know? Yes. And that's shocking. I know. Well, it, it did not end well. And so you know, <laughs> I got a, a job, like kind of big fortune 500 company. It was like, I landed it and I was super excited about it. And it was my first big girl job. And I got my apartment in the city and it was a cute ass apartment. And I set it up exactly how I wanted it, which that part was cool. Living alone for the first time is a very a special part mm-hmm. of your life. You know, it's very memorable. And, uh, but marketing was really, really fucking lame. And it was not what I thought, uh, you know, because as an artist, I was like more of a creative marketer, you know, and that and corporate marketing and like creative marketing are could not be more different. They're <laughs> so far on the other side of each other. Uh, and so I realized really quickly that not only was that good for me, but neither was the city. Like, I mean, it was just I was a rat in a cage. I hated it so, so much. And I wasn't even like in the thick of it. Like I lived in a sprawling complex of older apartments that had like lawns and I just lived with old people, which was great. And even that was making me like claw at the walls, you know, Uh, I just needed space. And so then we, I I was able to land a position at an animal sanctuary uh, for marketing. Yeah. Explain that. (laughs) It it was so Hunter and me, he had graduated. He was a semester. uh, I graduated a semester early. So he came a semester later and uh, we had lived together for, I think, about a year uh, at this point. And we just both knew we were so burned out by what we were doing and by the city. And he grew up in the city, but living in a rural college town, he kind of fell in love with the country. And uh, so we were just like, we've got to get the fuck out of here. Like, this is just bad news. And 
it was a, I, I was able to find, I was looking for jobs, you know, which is never a fun time ever. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking for jobs and looking for jobs. And I found a marketing position for a, an animal sanctuary. And I was like, well, all right, like that I could get behind. Like that would be pretty sweet. And uh, we knew that we were wanting to come out this way. And at that time we had been, uh, it was made a, aware to us that we could buy the house that we now have. You know, and so we were like, all right, well, we got, let's do it. Let's make the move out there and let's, let's do this. And so I was able to land that first, uh, you know, and I I went ahead and moved out uh, this away and he stayed in the city until he, you know, so we kind of had to like do that whole shtick. Uh, But I started working there and it was still marketing. I still didn't love it. It was still, and it was social media marketing, which I don't. That's kind of funny. (laughs) I, 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 I'm bad at it. Like, I, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know how it works. Like, I, I get it, but I hate, I'm, I, dude, I'm like a, you know, I'm a Luddite, man. I yeah, just, that's why I laugh. <laughs> oh, dude. And so I, I was, I did pretty well, you know, and like I, in my job was like fundraising and whatnot and, and all of that. And I'm a good writer. So I wrote, you know, kind of like what all was going on in fundraising and whatnot, but the animals were cool. That was cool. You know, I got to work around exotic animals very, very, very closely. Uh, and that was, I'll never forget that. Like, that was cool. It was, it, these animals are just absolutely unbelievable. What was your favorite experience there? There's a few. Um, there's one that's really gross, but it's just so ridiculous. And to, to <laughs> even say that this has happened to anyone. Um, but there, I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, there was a hyena that, oh, that was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. It, she was so amazing. She was a spotted hyena. And built like a Mack truck, man. She was so fascinating to look at. I thought she was cute. A lot of people thought she was hideous, but I thought she was incredible. And she was disgusting, though. Like, she was a nasty, nasty, nasty creature. And loved all things disgusting. She wallowed in filth, and it made her life pure. And so, basically, what she would do every day, and this was in the hot summer, she had a ritual. She would, uh, because of what she was, like the cuts of meat that she could get had fucking bones and shit. You know, she could get like the femurs and, you know, because that's she's a hyena. It didn't make a damn yeah, a difference. You can't got feed that, that jaw shit strength. all to a tiger or very much of it and uh, or not too much of it. And so she would get all that. And so what she would do like every single day is that she would go and she would like grab some sort of big hunk of unmentionable, like a like a whole leg of whatever and she would put it she had a little water pool like a little water trough that she'd get and you just like see her little head sticking out of it and you'd walk by and there's just like a head sitting like a chin like a dog on the edge just like watch it was super cute but she would like drag a hunk of meat and drop it in the water like every day in the morning time and then she'd wait until it's the heat of the day when this disgusting meat hunk had been floating in the water all day and already had like maggots on it and then she'd get in Oh, and she'd get in that water and it would be, (laughs) she was so into it. It was disgusting. And so I was over there and I was, uh, one of my parts of my job was to take pictures of them, like take pictures of all the animals and whatnot. And so I made rounds several times a day, just talking to everybody and I knew all their names and, you know, and I was like kind of talking to her and she never did this, but in, in one such lightning fast motion, she stood up and just shook (gasps) all of her water off. And I got nice. completely covered in it, like completely covered in nasty death hyena water. Uh, and I had no clothes. There was, li- there was just, it was, it was a moment of like, there was nothing to do about it. 
there was nothing to be done about it. And oh. I knew it in that moment and I couldn't even be mad about it because it was just the most absurd moment in time. And I just remember looking at her and just being like, God damn it. And, and that was all I could think, but I love it now. The memory makes me happy. <laughs> But it was cool. Like they, they, you know, they had different personalities and, you know, I, I had my favorites and, and whatnot. And I just learned a lot. Like lions are very different from tigers in their personality. And in my experience, they're way more chill, so much more chill than tigers. It seems like it. Oh my God. I loved the lions. They were so great. Uh, the tigers were just kind of, they were shifty. Like, yeah, they seem pretty wound. They they are, you know, and they're cool. Ready. You know, and like they'll come up and they'll chuff at you and do, you know, like rub the, the little fence and look like a cat, you know. And I can see if you don't, if you've not been around one for, you know, you could want to pet one. But I, I don't. It looks like a cat. The, the people who like work with tigers and aren't afraid of them blow my mind because having worked with tigers i am terrified of tigers like i've just the the day that you hear a tiger slap another tiger's face and it rattles your teeth <laughs> even though you're a hundred yards away like it's like no man like we could not even begin to compete with them let's just leave them alone Let's just leave them alone. It's incredible. And people want to bring that into their house. I don't. I don't know. Baffling. I, I don't know. Like it. It just is absolute. And it is like it. That's where a lot of them come from. Is that they are ex house pets yeah. or like people get and then they turn into a, only a three month old cat that's like then already pretty much old enough to kill you if it wants to. You know, like it, it's just it's and you can get one for cheap. You can get a tiger cub for nothing. And so people like are two grand. Yeah. And so people get one and it's just like, y'all don't even understand. Like this thing is a killing a machine. That's what yeah. it, it does. And I just, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but they're cool animals, but they will beat you to death if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite thing that wasn't a cat? Was it the hyena? Uh, well, there was, uh, there was a wolf. Uh, oh. there was a timber wolf and wolves are just my favorite. I love wolves. Uh, I always have. And he was so huge. He was massive. He was so big and super gentle, just, just the most gentle thing. And I had w one of my, I don't know if it was a tr it, very spiritual experience, but like spiritual in the way of almost like heightened fear. Yeah. But uh there was a day that he got out. And he was he was friendly, you know. I mean, friendly to people. I mean, unless you, you know, I mean, he was also like probably every bit of 100 Unless you act like prey. <laughs> yeah, and he was probably 130 40 pounds of leggy timber wolf. Um he was huge and he got out one day and I we just had to go try to get him back. And I, we were in, we, I were, there was a moment and it, it is etched in my memory so clearly. I was standing out in the woods because I have this thing I, and it's probably, it's very not good for me instinct that when animals are in trouble, I'll just like run into danger. And then I always realize where I've put myself in the thick of it. And yep. I'm like, this was a bad idea. And the yep. same thing happened to where I didn't even, I wasn't even obligated to, it wasn't my job. I was a, a marketer. I ran out into the woods to try to find him. 
And so like fast forward to I'm standing alone in the woods and I, I, as a small person, <laughs> as a small person that this wolf outweighed. And I just had this moment of like, oh, I've done better here. Like I, this is, <laughs> and, but at the same time though, I was really, really connected to this animal and I like set out a call and I, I've done this a couple times and I can only, I can't like do it all the time, but I did it when Jorah was missing and I knew he wasn't mm-hmm. there. I like pushed out this big call, this energy and I knew he was around. Like I was just, I knew that I needed to be there. And lo and behold, not not long later, he comes out and I was able to, he stayed like 50 yards away. And then I was so fucking scared the whole time. He, But he like, I was able to walk and he followed me about 50 yards away, but stayed even until I got all the way back to his uh, enclosure and was able to like get him back in. So it's like, I knew I was supposed to go out there, but that whole time I just, I, my rational brain was screaming like, leave this to the keepers, leave this to the keepers, just go inside. You have an office, you have a lock on the door, like, please go. And I just, I didn't. And so that was just a really like spiritual experience that happened right at around like the first witchy bazaar. Like that was kind of when everything was happening uh, for, you know, the awakening, if you will. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. And so it was very intense. (laughs) I remember going to the wolf rescue in Divide in Colorado Mm. and it was like for Ken's birthday and going up there, you're thinking, Oh, we're going to go in with some wolves because we bought the bonus package. Okay. And Oh, you see the pictures. They're like big dogs. And then when you get there, freaking enormous. It's, it's humbling. It's. And I was like, you could die here. Absolutely. (laughs) 100%. And then, but I wouldn't let myself think about it because I'm not trying to give out the death vibes when I'm with the wolf shoving his tongue down my throat. Yeah. Because apparently that's how they say, hey, <laughs> I couldn't breathe, but I didn't want to offend him by pushing it off me. Exactly. Yeah. No, they, they are. They're incredible to look at and they don't look out of their eyes the same way that dogs do. Like they do, nope. but they don't. There's just something so much older looking out of that face uh, to me. And like, he would look at, and he wasn't an old wolf. I think he was only like six years old, but looking at him, it was like looking through the sands of time. It's hard mm-hmm. to explain. And he had these big blue eyes, you know, and it was just intense. It was, they're amazing creatures. The wolves, I think were the, maybe, I don't want to say the most unsettling, but they were just the most moving to me. I just love canids as a whole. I do too. <laughs> and that's, you know, and that's my thing. Like I'm all, I'm a dog person to the core, Yeah, you know? And so getting to be around the origin, oh, dog, and it's huge. Uh, I'm, I'm down for it. I'm here for it. It's awesome. Okay. I have to breathe now. <laughs> <laughs> so back to witchcraft. So we're sort of winding back around. What are some of the biggest challenges you've gotten from locals or family, not counting Charlie and Hunter? Sure. Um, I, <laughs> if you've had any, well, here's the thing. I probably could have more. I, I purposely am a bit isolated. I'm a bit of a natural hermit. So I don't stray out into public more than I have to. Um, I, you know, even like my previous job, I worked from home, like for most, a lot of that time. And 
So, I mean, it, it could be worse. Like the locals around here, it's a mixed bag. You have some that don't really care and you have some that will be scared, you know, uh, but I just don't <laughs> engage in many of them in interactions. Uh, so it, it's, it's tough to say, like, it is weird. You know, like there are people that I, you know, perhaps like, you know, like, you know, if I run into one that I went to high school with and tell them what I'm doing now, that most of them would be like, sweet, dude, that sounds good. Because I was running with that crowd from an early age, <laughs> you know, um, but I don't know. It's, I just kind of stay out of their way and they stay out of my way. Uh, and just having grown up uh, in an environment that I did not prescribe to. I've just learned to do that for, for a very long time. Um, and I'm just kind of maintaining doing that. <laughs> but family-wise, uh, we're very fortunate. I mean, at least, you know, like my like mother's side, uh, highly, highly fortunate. I mean, they're all super into it. They listen to the podcast. Like That's so cool. They are so into what we do and... Uh, it, it's, it's, we're, we're beyond lucky and we've always, we're an artsy family, you know, uh, they're very musical or creative in some way. And it, this kind of weird shit, uh, is not <laughs> too terribly strange. Uh, but it is nice to know that they're, they're out there and they're, they're supporting us and we're many of our original, original listeners, just a hair before you. <laughs> <laughs> So, have you gone out to, like, I don't know, do you do social events where, I guess not because COVID hit, I just wanted to see, like, the side eye thing. Like, when I go to PT and I talk about things, and I'll mention it's a podcast and I get this sort of, oh, that's what it's about that. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. Like, that. that's, yeah, that's run of the mill. Um, or a polite Hmm. Yeah. You know, something like that, which whatever, you know, like, like that actually happened to me. That's a very, you know what? Yes, that's, that's exactly right. I went to get my haircut the other day and uh, it's the first haircut that I've ever gotten that my mom did not cut a uh, pretty much or like since I was five. <laughs> um, and so I like went and got a haircut from a stranger and uh, she was like, you know, doing like the, what do you do? And I do yeah. always have a moment of uh, and I start it with a, that exact laugh. Like when somebody asks me what I do, it's this moment of like, oh shit, this question. Okay. <laughs> um, because not only do I have, you know, not I have to say, I get to say, but the, you know, I'm, I'm a full-time podcaster and I'm sure they're already like, hey, yeah, right. Okay. Is that like you do? <laughs> um, but then it's, follow- oh, what's it about? Witchcraft and spiritualism. And it's, it almost is always a, especially where you live exactly you know and that's like not like a a wonderfully like a lot of hunters family are like interesting you know like they they might not believe in it and whatnot but they find it interesting you know they're like that's just that makes you know they know me and they they're very accepting and so i don't think they're just surprised by it they're like yeah 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 you know just macy (laughs) yeah they're super cool about it but uh, we're just we're just really really lucky in that regard especially and it's it's really it's a mixture of like saddening and just 
maddening, you know, reading some of the experiences that people like open up about in the coven of not being accepted. Mm -hmm. And I just, that just is a, it's a shame. It's just a real shame. Does it ever give you imposter syndrome? Do you ever have that? I, I don't get it about my spiritual ability. Like, uh, that I get it among, about what a lot of other things. Like I got big. T- I get imp- like imposter syndrome all the time regarding like just me being like worthy of having the podcast audience. You know, stuff like that. Like being like, uh, what? It, like it, those kinds of just like intrusive thoughts of just being like, yeah, but like you're just you, you know, and like you're not like super, you know, it, it, you, I don't know. I'm just like, it's hard to explain, but, and like when I went full time, like the, the feelings of being like, should you be allowed to do this? Like, why do you get to do this? And why to like, you know, like, why do you get this opportunity? And it's like, we, I get it about that, you know, to I doubt, I'll like have moments of doubt of being like, are you just really flying by the seat of your pants here? Like, you know, like I'll have that. But when it comes to witchcraft for some reason, well, I'll have moments to where I just don't practice it as much. When I am practicing, I just have this, I just know it's going to work, which is maybe a little weird, but I just, that I never, I never doubt. So you don't have that feeling of this isn't real? No, I, I, I really don't like because of, and, and I think part of it is because I don't force it when I'm not feeling it. So when I usually do witchcraft, I am feeling it and I'm talking to things that I can't even put a name on, you know, like, and I've just done it. I I keep, I pay close attention to what I do and follow what happens afterwards. And after doing that and the just massive changes that I've wrought upon my life and the lives of others directly following work that I've done, I just, I don't doubt it. I really, really don't. That's baffling. <laughs> well, I, and part of me wonders if it makes me delusional, but like, I, I Who cares if it works. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think it's because it's the first place that I truly felt at home at, like in my own skin doing the work that I do here. Um, especially once I kind of like nestled in to this land and it took me in and I took it mm-hmm. in and we kind of had this like soul merge. I get a lot of power from this place. Uh, and I think that's part of it is just the things that I've experienced here. I do believe because they, I mean, they, um, they're so intense. You feel like your skin's going to come off, you know? And it's just, I don't believe my own brain has the ability to just conjure that up as a placebo. I don't. I've finally started to get some of that. Good. Like when I came home from work the other day, I opened the gate and stepped over the gate, the threshold. And I was like, oh. I'm home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, I'm, I'm, I've wondered about that before because you are now in Arizona from Colorado. And I've, that's just such a different terrain and a different. And I'm from Virginia. It, man. Yeah. So you've, <laughs> you've had to get to know in a lot of different environments. And, and at least for me, different. They're different. You know, they're handled differently. And yeah, the, the spirits here and there are different. And so I just, you're having to kind of learn, get, let them know you and you know them. And I just, I do feel like that's got to be an interesting progress or process that takes some time. It's, it's really weird because I always say that Virginia 
is older and has the older mountains because I am a mountain person. I can't be without mountains. Uh, yeah. And then I went to Germany, which is even older, but I didn't really have a connection. Yeah. And then we came out to Colorado and I was like, whoa, everything's way younger and wild here. Yeah. And now here in Arizona, this is the most wild of anywhere. Interesting. See, I guess I, I wouldn't think that just because of it not having like my, you know, like a, a bunch of forest, you know, in the sense of wild. Um, but it is a tough place to live. Uh, I feel like if you're a creature out there, which is going to put a very interesting energy around the place. It's like if you compare like, let's say a beagle is Virginia. Okay. It'll go out and run around. Sure. Out here, it's like a freaking, I was going to say wolf, but that's too cliche. It's like a hawk out here. Yeah. It's very fierce. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe And you that. can't touch it. Yeah. That's true. You got to be careful. Yeah. There's a lot of pokey things. There's a lot of stingy yeah. things. There's a lot of poisonous things. Like, yeah. The air wants to kill you. Yeah. It's a real, like. Can't stand the heat. Actually, the, the dirt wants place. to kill you. Valley fever. It'll kill you. Oh, my God. What is valley fever? I mean, it can kill you. It is a fungal infection that is in the ground. Wonderful. The dirt. So if a big windstorm comes, oh, yeah. you can kick up a bunch of crap. Whoa. Yeah. See, I know nothing about desert. I like it. I think it's cool. I've been to it a handful of times. Saw my first tarantula at a, a wild at, at a desert, and I didn't just love it, but <laughs> I remember it. Um, but I don't have, I've never lived uh, in a, de I've never lived anywhere that's not wooded other than like the city for one year of my life. Me neither until now. And I, I do really miss it. I miss trees like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was shade. In general, I feel like. Yeah. But I mean, I would always go and touch them and talk to them. Yeah, that's the thing. It's they're they're a beacon of energy that I can understand. Like I, we have a wavelength that's similar enough to where trees, I can just talk to. Like ghosts, not always, and very rarely, you know. And usually, one just has to shove its way through my brain, I guess. <laughs> but like trees, I. And I've always been that way looking back as a kid, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I would miss them, I think, if I had to, to leave them. Well, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I miss them a bunch. So how long do you want to do the podcast? I think as long as we can, you know. I mean, there's a lot of really good podcasts out there that have been at it for a long time, uh, over a decade, you know. And I, I like how... And I think we could, but, you know, with how we've just made Waba a continuously evolving, growing thing, it allows it to be open-ended. Uh, and, you know, to our, you know, likely the format is going to remain the same, but Charlie and me are allowed to change and grow and learn along the way. And I like to think that that will keep it fresh and make it so that it can stay current and as long as we're always trying to learn and be open, we should be able to to keep at it, you know. And there's other things, you know, we're always spitballing different ideas to to come off of Waba, you know. And Waba essentially is like kind of the source and it can lead to other things. And as to whether it's a forever thing, we just, I don't know. But I would, I, it's fun for us and it's already does not feel like three years. 
you know, like it, it, I know it's crazy to me and I don't really understand it, but, uh, it's so like, I, it feels like at most two years. And I think part of that is at fault of 2020 because I don't remember that year at all. It's just like a blank (laughs) thing. Um, but it's crazy. And so we've been at it for three years and it barely feels like it. So it, it feels like there's a lot of life left. And now being full time, that's just opened up a whole new level of possibility that we can do and in, in, in liven it up even more and start traveling and, and stuff like that. So it's, I, I don't know, I feel like it, it's really just at this point, even after three years, we're just hitting a new chapter. I do hope you guys get out here for the gem show one year. I want to, I like, I'm dead ass serious about it. And it, I mean, I was want, like considering it, you know, I mean, COVID fucked it up, you know, but like, you know, like 2020 or like this year, you know, but I knew it was still not going to happen in January. It's January, right? Usually when it happens. Yeah. At the very end of January into like Valentine's Day. Yeah. No, I, I think it sounds really, really, really cool just to be a, to be around all the rocks, you know? And yeah. <laughs> I feel like the energy there just has to be interesting. It's funny sometimes. Like I, how, like how big are we talking here? Like how, cause it's multiple city. days, right? The whole city. Like there's the shows I go to normally are Kino, which is a big, huge, like couple acre outdoor one. Jogs, which is a big event building full. And 22nd Street and Pueblo. And those are sort of near each other, but they're great big warehouses. And Pueblo is like a collection of hotels. And there are way more than that. Those are just the ones I usually go to. This year, we also went to the Miners Show, which is out in like a sports park. And they took over. (laughs) And it was really small this year, but it was still like in a giant parking lot. Mm -hmm. And that's where all the slab is and the rough and the actual people who go out there and get it. Cool. Cool. Yeah, more raw material. And that's just a little bit. I don't go to all the shows. I just go to a couple of them. That's cool. I, yeah, no, I would love to do that. And just to see what that's like, you know, and just out of my own curiosity too, because I know there's a lot of like careers uh, that are attending that, you know, and it's just, it's, I bet the mixing of people is interesting. Um, All around a whole bunch of just vibing ass crystals. And I just, I want to, I want to go just (laughs) take part in that and see it. And actually, this I don't even go to the raw crystal stuff. Most of the what I go to is cut already. So that's a whole nother huge area that I haven't even been to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but the cut stuff is so pretty. There are some amazing gem cutter. Oh, I will have to link you because they are amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> that, like, when we... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm so lowbrow when it comes to gemstones. Like, I, I could not know any less. And, like, so we... Before uh, Hunter and me got engaged, we did go look. Like, I'm neurotic enough towards, like, look, I at least just want to look at some and give you an idea of what we're talking about here because it's <laughs> just because. And so we went and looked at some rings, and I actually found the one that I now have. I just liked that one, and I was like, look, that one. I like that one. That's the one. And But there, I was looking at these. They were just, like, solitaire rings, like diamond solid, and they were so expensive. They were, like, $20,000. I was like, Why? <laughs> why are these rings $20,000? It's just a round diamond. I don't get it. And like, I was asking the woman and she was kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a solitaire, but it's 
do, do you want to look at it? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm looking at it. She was like, no, let's like, let's like look at it. And so she took it out and she like put it in like a, you know, the thing with like the microscope, but not a microscope. Yeah. And then I got it, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, this thing is covered in like 30 million cuts. That's crazy. You know, but at the same time, I was like, it's still a boring diamond. It's a, di- <laughs> it's a single diamond, you know, and that was my thing. I was like, what? It, like my, well, mine costs beyond a fraction of that, but at least it looks cool. You Visually know? interesting. Yeah. It looks like somebody <laughs> put not some. A, a round diamond. Who cares? Yeah. Boring. There's design it, but I do get it. You know, like, I guess if you're in it for the artistry of the gemstone, that makes sense. But I was when, more caring about almost the setting, you know. When I was saying gem cutters, I mean, they actually carve things into them. Oh. Like picture that diamond, but there's like visual interest. That's badass. <laughs> That's amazing. It so is. Oh, I feel like you just have to be so precise. Like I can't imagine. I don't have that level kind of, of nerve. Ooh. Yeah, no. <laughs> I can't. I don't want another thing of stress in my life. Yeah, that's why Ken's the one cutting the runestones and <laughs> not me. Yeah. yeah, I'm tense enough. I don't need to clinch any harder all the time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What do you most desire for your practice? Um, uh, to keep, I mean, this is kind of like a answer, but to keep learning uh, is a big one. Uh, I've learned a lot since starting. I mean, because we really did, like, Charlie and me started at square one as base level as you can get. All we had was pretty much zero knowledge, but a feeling of connection. And we just went from there. So to keep growing it and learning um, is is a big part of it. And also keep finding my, uh, my specific breed of practice, which I've, I've really kind of been nestling into the past year. And it's not really anything in, you know, it, I would say it does kind of lean in like the, the Appalachia conjure style, uh, but kind of also just with what feels right and listening to the things here and working on the communication in, in with them and it just to keep growing is a big part of it and to just keep focusing on connection because it does take it takes work you know like I don't wake up every day just like blowing magic out of my palms like it it's like anything else it takes maintenance and mindfulness and work and attention otherwise you lose it so to just to maintain the discipline uh, is a big part of that too and (laughs) and to 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 be a bit more careful like I do (laughs) I have only one instance and it's a far cry from where I began to, where I, you know, I think in the, we talked about ethics, like an episode, I don't know, fucking four. Uh, <laughs> and I want to say that I was a bit more leaning towards not going gray ever. You know, I, I want to say, I don't remember for sure, but I want to say that I was like more, no, no, just purely defense magic, not going to go gray. Oh, huh. I, I don't know if I remember. I just feel like me at the beginning felt that way. I don't anymore. However, I do have one instance of going a little gray and I, I went a little t- 
to ham. <laughs> and I, I want to make sure that it, it, that's one thing is like it, I learned that day, like I do need to be conscious to not lose my temper in spell work. And I've, I've done that one time and the aftermath of it. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not like at least a little bit satisfied with because, you know, <laughs> I'm petty and I think it's a, but at the same time I was like, oh, I don't need to lose my cool. So that's another thing. Just things like that. Like always observing what I'm doing, maintaining discipline and trying to learn from my mistakes. Because while I'm not, again, totally sad about what happened, I do consider it a mistake <laughs> because I should not have, 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 have done that. It was a cool time. That was a good story. It was a good, it was a good, <laughs> I felt great <laughs> doing it. <laughs> I had some unconscious things that I've done, I think, like that. Well, Back when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing, because as a kid, I feel like you just have wild, unbridled control over your energy anyway. Mm-hmm. And you can just slingshot things out if, if you don't mean it. Yeah. Some kid was not actively trying to drown me, but he didn't care if I died. Yeah. He's dead now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's serious, but you know, like that's a moment of like fight or flight, not only just in the moment, but also just in energy. You are not a fan of that person at that time. Remember how you were, you said that how you want, why you don't want to use a wand. Yeah. You want the shower instead of the jet. Yeah. It was jet. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, I I would believe that 100%. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's it's possible, you know, and again, I, I believe fully in this shit, you know, like, I it's I live my life by it. I don't like to test things because to my core, I do believe it. Um, and, and that is, and it was me losing my cool and seeing the aftermath of what happened to this person. That is all honestly one of the things that has solidified that belief for me. And you, a universal ope. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was in like, and it's still going on with this way. Like there, there's, there's still, you know, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised, you know, which I, I might go, I might tell, I'm going to save it. Cause I know you have a question of like, what is one of my favorite? That is it. What is your most memorable me, spell experience? Cause here's the thing. This day started differently. It did not start in a way that was to end the way that it did. <laughs> but I was full on a energy beacon of magic and I just went with it. But to, to start, so I, I'm very, very, I, I don't have many like friends and people that I'm, I'm a lizard. We've talked about it. I don't let people in very well. But the ones that I do, I'm deeply, fiercely, overly maternally protective of. And I don't like when people wrong them. I, I take it personally. Like it's a very, I, it, I get so motherly about it and I'm not like a motherly person with kids, but to my people, I am. And, Loyal AF. Yeah. And it, it's, it's the, it's, you know, if you want to say it, it's an Aquarius thing, but. Or if you do Enneagram, are you a six? I need to take that. I, I saw you post that. I've never heard of it before, but I, I want to take, I saw Lyra posted her numbers and shit. And I, I do want to, I want to take that and, and find out. And because I, I, I am, I'm like super loyal and protective. And 
So someone that I deeply, deeply cared about had been wronged by just a fucking schmuck, man. You know, just a, ugh, just a fucking, you know. Douchebag. And I had, I was already mad about that. And I was already like, oh, just fucking over it. But I woke up that day and I was like, I need to cleanse this house. That was really where it started, you know, but the problem was, is that I started this with a chip on my shoulder. Okay. (laughs) But I did. And it was, it was honestly the most incredible cleansing I've ever experienced because it lasted for hours. And like, I got up and it was just kind of like, I, one of, sometimes I do wake up though, with like this solemn call of let's get to work and we're doing magic this morning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's usually in the morning. I love those days. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a, oh, Okay. And so I got up and I just started readying everything and I didn't look anything up. I was just grabbing shit and I was like, I'm going to start doing a protection. I did earth. I did elemental offerings on north, like east, southwest, like all the corners of the whole property and like had offerings specific to each element in each one and like called elements, elementals in when I was like preparing them. It was serious fucking business. And it was intense before it even started. Like even like, you know, I don't know if you do deity work, like I don't do deity work, but like elemental work, I guess kind of, you know, the same, the same big time, big, powerful energy, you know, when you feel it blanket a room and you're like, oh, okay, you showed up. (laughs) Like it was that, you know, and I set up the corners and like, as I set them up, I was walking and like smoking with like juniper and sprinkling cascaria. And I like walked it several times and then worked inward. And for the very first time though, I, not the very first time, but like intentionally called on a deity, um, that I do connect with. It was, I, I had the candle and everything and I set it up and I was like, I, for the inside of the house, uh, I called and like sat and just kind of, if she wanted to come, I set out an offering for the Baba Yaga. Oh, and is she something I, I very much connect with her and, you know, being in my own kind of hermity swampy cottage in the woods. And I just, I, re- I relate to her sense of how she handles shit. You know, she's right down the middle and she'll help you if you want to help yourself. But if you don't, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, And I don't know, just in that time, I just knew like that was what needed to happen. And so I set her up a a space on, I do a lot of my work in the dining room table and she had offerings that she could come. And I pretty much just, you know, kind of said like, there's, there's a space for you here. You can come and sit and you don't have to do anything at all. You know, I'm just inviting you here to, you know, break bread with me essentially. And I'm going to be doing this. If you feel the need to yield any assistance, you may do so. It was kind of like that. You know, I'm not being like, hey, come here. I need you to help me, Bobby. You got, you know, it's like, I'm not even going to go that way. Help me carry this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a real like, you can come, you know, have a snack. And if that's all you want to do, that's fine. But she, that was not all that she wanted to do because she showed up and it was like, I remember being like, (laughs) almost like you got to like grip a a wall, you know? And so I put the, the I had, uh, honestly, it was uh, the Baba Yaga candle from Prairie Fire Herbal, which those candles are so fucking intense. Everything, every candle that, every spell, anything I've done, ritual that I've done using one of those candles is just to the, to, to 11. And I used the Baba Yaga and I put it in the very center, the heart of the house. And I started cleansing all the way out, like in an outward spiral. 
all the way out. And then this is when, and part of me wonders, and I, if like the Baba Yaga, her energy showed up and is what made me, she was like my hype man. Like she's what made things go this way because she (laughs) thinks that this is what needed to happen. Like she read my innermost desire and was like, you know what? This dude is an absolute just worm of a person. Let's do something about it. Like, I don't like to put the words in her mouth, but it felt like that. It was like the, I was cleansing the house, but at the same time, this just scrappy energy, like after she showed up, was like, but you know you want to teach that fucker a lesson. It was just so weird. <laughs> and I went with it. Oh, I went with it. And I went with it hard. And I wound up like, you know what? Yes. And so while I'm essentially outwardly binding this person with words I don't remember, but I just remember speaking and not stopping in unbroken speech for like an hour of just, just a bind. And a lot of it was just repeating the same thing over and over again. And like, I I wound up getting like the piece of paper. I wrote the name. I wrapped it so tight a million times and twine and then sealed that in wax the whole time. Just being like, say it. And not like, I wish you'd, harm or nothing like that but like a well that's not what binding is yeah it was just like a you i've had enough of you it was what it was (laughs) it was a big long thing of enough i am i've had enough and so then and i was just going by pure instinct at this point so i bound this thing up and then i just i grabbed i grabbed the little bundled up wax name and i just set out of my house And I started walking. So the way that my house is laid out is that it's set down in a valley and there's a very steep upward driveway. And then, and so it's like you're in a bowl and it sometimes feels like even at the top of the driveway standing on the road, the sky curves over you like a, like a wave. You know, you're kind of down in a hole, but across the road is just this scorching pasture land with cows in it. And so I just calm, I get this name and the whole time I'm still saying my shit. You know, and every now and again, I feel like like the Baba Yaga wanted to chime in because I wouldn't say things like through her, but I would just say things that I feel like her name would come up. It was weird, dude. It was so weird, but I was just channeling this bind and it was probably the most intense I've ever felt. And I just walked up the driveway barefooted, just doing my thing, get to the road and I just flick that fucking thing into the pasture. (laughs) And I don't know where it went. I didn't even look. I, I was like already turning around when I just flicked it, just like an absolute end of fuck off and just walked down the driveway, feeling great, feeling good and uh, got back in the house and I left the candle and her altar going all day long. And I feel like she stayed around all, she stayed around a long time. Like, and I didn't ever really truly ask anything of her, but I do sometimes feel that the Baba Yaga showed up to my house and helped me fuck shit up one day and encouraged it. <laughs> and I've cherished that memory. She's a rabble. But like, dude, this dude's life has just blown up and not for, not without his own doing. And, you know, and he's a really, you know, she's a real help yourself if you want to help yourself, but if you're going to keep digging a hole, I'm going to let you keep digging that hole and might help you keep digging it that's like what's happening, dude. And so it's like, I don't know. I, that's, that's, it's just an interesting thing that I, I don't want to say that I fully regret it. Cause I don't, but at the same time, again, I consider it an oversight. That's a good ass story. <laughs> 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 uh, 
That was that was one of my most favorite days of witchcraft because even the cleansing part, the cleansing part was the most incredible cleansing I've ever had. It was just, I, I think that was the day I've, I've felt the most powerful in my entire life, and I did shit with it. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I was excited to tell that. That was like that. I read that question and I was like, "All right, Yay. fine, I'll do it. I'll I'll, I'll share that one." I'm glad I asked. <laughs> so what is your, after that bomb ass story, yeah, what's your normal. biggest struggle with witchcraft? witchcraft? <laughs> um, it was, it's an improving thing now, but I am naturally a very, well, I'm very pragmatic by like nature and sense in spirit i am so woo like i mean even as like a four-year-old there's like polaroids of me running around in these woods in a fucking fairy costume as a hobby you know like that's just what i was into and that's my nature and the problem is though is that when that nature has to compete with really intense physical world demands it can wilt and uh like you know i'm full-time now but like my previous job while i i enjoyed it like i really did like it tested and took every scrap of my rational mind to do it it was a hard job it was a demanding job and it was a job that i had a lot of say in and like consequence in that same vein you know and so the longer I was there, the harder and harder and harder it was to reconnect to the metaphysical. Like, and that's my biggest difficulty with witchcraft is that when I am having to have feet in both worlds, I because I think I'm also naturally pretty pragmatic, I will start to slip away kind of into that side. And so while I can feel very, very connected and I believe in the connection, I have to work pretty regularly regularly at it to keep it open. Otherwise, I'll start slipping into what needs to be done, like the very normal, practical business side of life, because I also have that kind of, of brain. I relate to that. It's it's a weird mix, you know. It's kind of it's a weird balance. Right now, I'm just like trying not to die of heat stroke. So yeah, hey, I don't have very much magic to do. <laughs> good enough, you know. Honestly, like which I though I do wonder, like at like in the evening time, I bet like the Earth has to probably feel pretty buzzy after soaking up so much solar energy at in a day. I. Because I have this idiotic schedule where I have to get up at 3.30 in the morning, I can't go out by the time it's cool, which is probably around 10 or 11. I've been asleep for three hours. Yeah, yeah. you got to go to bed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're pretty much just like only awake for the most part for the scorching heat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Get off at 10 and that's when it's like 103. (laughs) Awesome. Sweet. Damn. best. Yeah. But. When it's not this three months of hell, everything's great here. <laughs> yeah. It's just this three months where everything sucks. Yeah. I, 
Well, unfortunately, like as the climate is worsening, like summer, like summer is something I love very much. And summer here Me too. is great. But now summer, because of other places in like, I, I, I get worried now. There's a sense of when like June shows up that I'm like, here we go. Like what's going to happen this year? Like how many acres are going to burn this year? And how, you know, like it's yeah. kind of turned into a real, almost like a solemn at the same time of like, all right, let's see where this one takes us. It's kind of scary. Yeah. On that super positive note, what makes you angry about the witch community? (laughs) (laughs) I... (sighs) Or is there anything? I mean, angry is is a strong word. There's a few things that I... I don't understand. And it's it's not about the witchcraft community in particular. It's just about, again, I'm a Luddite and I'm also a recluse by nature and maybe an alien slash lizard. So relating to people is not always something that I'm just super, I can relate to people's emotions because I can feel them, but people's actions confuse me. And I just, just, just like some of the... Like, why, and you might be able to help me with this, but, like, why do people get on witch talk if it just pisses them off? Why? Why do you do it? But I hear that all the time. That's why I deleted TikTok. That's okay. Because I was getting mad. So I was like, well, but I'm also almost 50. TikTok is aimed at people who are younger who don't know that they can just not comment. <laughs> well, and I guess that's the thing. I, it's Plus, just... I grew up without the internet. I was without the internet at this point, maybe not in a couple of years, but at this point, I didn't have internet longer than I did. Was that kind of great? No. Really? I, I have, I mean, very, very small, <laughs> small memories of not having like internet. Like we had stable, pretty stable internet when I was about 10, but like we saw a dial up before then, you know, but um. Sometimes I, I was like 26 when we got AOL oh. and I remember the sound of it dialing up. Oh yeah. <laughs> like my niece, she'll continue the conversation when she could just say, okay, and walk away. That's what gets me the most is, is, and again, and this is not like completely like just witchcraft community specific, but every community, because I think internet culture has just made people love to fight each other and that bothers me a a lot because i do see it a lot in the witchcraft community to where it just it escalates immediately you know like it's like there's not even it's just people just come out swinging you know and that really it irritates the hell out of me it really really does you know and like luckily most of the time for instance like in the coven there's some really interesting educational conversations that can go on over there that don't devolve into chaos. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always happen, but a lot of the times that's how it goes, you know, but every now and again, it's just like, I don't, and and it's like something's in the water because it's like, everyone wants to fight some days, you know? And it's, it's, and I don't know if it's like astrologically connected sometimes, but like, Every now and again, and it's like not even just in like the coven or whatever, but if it's like I'm on Reddit or anywhere, there will just be periods of time to where no matter where I look, people are fighting. And I'm really sensitive to that. Like I don't 
like it when people argue. I, it's, I feel like of all that, like empath emotions, anger is probably the worst for me. Even if it's not my own, if I'm just around people who are irritated, it's completely just, and I can like feel that through words, you know? And so if it's just like everywhere I'm looking, people are just fighting each other for no real actual reason other than because they're behind their keyboards and can like, just be fucking nice. And I just, yeah. I see that in the witchcraft community all the time, just snarky, petty bullshit when it's like, what? We are so limited on the amount of seconds that we get in this life. You don't get many, you know, and you don't know when they're going to run out. Like, is this really, truly how you want to spend them? I, I don't get it. Well, on TikTok, at least, I think it's because they haven't been without the internet. That's all they know. And they're young and don't realize, hey, I don't have to respond. Uh, You know, and I guess that's At least for TikTok, I think that's why. I don't know about everything else. To be fair, like when I was like a a teenager, you know, like a like 16 through like 19 year old, I had a pretty big streak of that. Like the I'm right and I'm going to tell you why I'm right and I'm not going to stop until you think I'm right. I, 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 you, you do kind of hopefully not everybody, but you can grow out of that a little bit, but I will, I will say that. Yeah. I, I had a streak of that too. When I was a teenager, like big time. It took me like 40 years (laughs) and I still do it sometimes because I'm, I can get riled. (laughs) I have my triggers. I, um, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I It's it's just if on online communication, is it online? Inter- the Internet's a, a place that um, I've, I've never felt super at home at anyway. And it's like one of those things. It's like as soon as people start fighting, even if it's something, honestly, that I like care about, I'm disengaging. I'm 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 out like I it, it's something about it just really shoots my anxiety through the roof because i don't like people fighting in person and for some reason Mm -hmm. people fighting online feels the same to me because it is and i know that there are two people that don't and it's a it's it's worse to be honest because these are two people that don't even know each other who are fighting just for the fuck of it and and there's no there's nothing holding them back from being as nasty as they can exactly and and so it's not that social agreement where you don't say those things in person right and I just, I don't know, I'm super sensitive to it. And it just, I almost shut down. Like, I'll just like put the phone away and just disengage for a while because I just, I get reminded how people act <laughs> every now and again on the internet. But I would say that's the biggest thing. I just wish people would be nice. And and more often than not in person, they are, you yeah. know, like, and just remember that we're all striving for the same thing here you know like at the end of the day and that i think is really important you know and remembering that and we got to stick together as it is you know like there's not that many of us um and comparatively or if they are you know a lot of them are alone and don't realize that there's a community so if this community could just fucking get along (laughs) that would be really great for us because you know that's how things should work and in unity. But I, I don't know. It's luckily most of the time. And I don't know. I've heard, I don't join other Facebook groups. There's a lot of people say that like Facebook groups are just toxic as fuck. Yeah. I, ours doesn't, 
ours isn't really that bad. And like people will say, like, I left this group because of like apparently just power trips, like mm-hmm. just people like especially mods. Like, think good, you're you're just this mute y'all. We have good, good mods, but like mods get power trippy and shit, and it's just like. Oh, sometimes I just wish the internet, I just wish people wrote letters because that's the thing. When you write (laughs) letters, you get so much time to cool down and you're probably going to crumple a few up. You know, you got to go through the work to write that thing, you know, and you're going to go through the trouble of mailing it. So by the time you've written a letter, put a stamp on an envelope, wrote the address on it, you might not even send it because you might be over it. You know, but with instant communication, people can just spew whatever they want add another person that they don't even know. And that's just not something that I think humans uh, need. Need. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good, yes, precisely. (laughs) My friend Summer says that the internet is not real. Instagram's not real. Facebook isn't real. No matter how famous you are on those things or how great you seem, you still have to go brush your teeth and make food and find a way to provide for your family, Mm -hmm. no matter what the hell happens on the internet. So stop getting that into it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that's another thing, too, to where like now, you know, like that's like the frontier. You know, like, like social media and things like that, like market, your marketing is done through there. A lot of businesses are run through there. Like it's become so integrated almost as a need in, you know, if you want to run any sort of like organization or anything like that, that you just gotta, you have to like deal with it. And I think because it's everybody, it's connected to so many people, you can't, you're going to have those that just idolize the ones on top, you know, because it's a sea, it's a massive sea. And there are just some people, you know, like, you know, like the really, really big Instagram accounts. And I think that in itself is a fascinating draw for people. Like just the element of success and the meaning of it in a social media platform by like, you know, in the meaning of like followers and stuff like that. I think it's like flies to a light. You know, like it's because like there's just so many people in the world and it's like that's the new definition of making it, you know. That's so weird. It's weird. All the little kids who want to be YouTube stars. Say what? That's what their job dream is. All these little kids now say they want to be YouTube YouTubers. That's what their dream job is. That's weird. Yeah. And it's like possible and that's like one i know that's that's weirder like it's and so but that said the problem is is that i do think that it just really if you're not careful it will dive you into a world that is not real like you said it's just completely fictional and that's a dangerous place to be that's a dangerous place to be if you struggle from any sort of imposter syndrome as it is uh I feel like, you know, it's, you know, especially like, for instance, like in the witchcraft community, if you just like follow a whole bunch of accounts of people to where every picture they post is just this incredible like ritual costume with like the lines and shit on their nose and they are in like this beautiful landscape and everything they do is like top notch. You're probably going to say what? Aesthetic to death. Uh, Yeah, you're going to you're going to probably feel a bit inadequate, you know, because if, if that's your reality that is what being a witch is, you know, things like that. And I just think it's very important to step away and 
find out for yourself too, you know, and listen to things for yourself. And just remember at the end of the day that you have a mind of your own and remember that there's places that exist outside of that. And that's not everything. And I think if that became a bit more normal, just people stepping away, I just think that a lot of the anger would ease. It's just, they're so tense. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I sound a lot like a Luddite. I, not in this case. (laughs) (laughs) Some things, yeah, but not in this. People need to unplug. Yeah. And I love it, dude. I love it. And it, it makes us probably like shitty business people, but like it it's kind of leads to like Charlie and me sometimes take a long time to get things done way longer than normal. But like sometimes we'll just unplug for a few days <laughs> and like disappear. And I think that's added to the longevity of the show. In, in doing so, we don't run ourselves ragged. And every now and again, if we're just both like, we just need to like, and, and I think we'll sometimes do it to each other, you know, to where it's like, all right, I'm, 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 I'm going to kind of like go dark for a few days, you know, and, and that's just how it works. You can kind of step away and do your thing and come back refreshed. And then you come back and your phone is full of knife emojis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, that is so effective. Like, it is amazing. And it's like to the point now to where one of us almost senses it because it's like immediately after the knives, you get an answer. And that's both parties. It's just like, you just know (laughs) it's coming. As a joke, I kind of wanted to send Charlie a Marco just showing pictures of knives. (laughs) (laughs) Just be like, just wanted to say hey. And it's so like, is this how you emoji? (laughs) Yeah, it's so ferocious, but man, it's so effective. And it's like always at the best moments too. Like when, like I was having just like a day outside away from my phone the day that like they announced the most outstanding podcast of the year 2020. And I was just completely oblivious. Then I checked my phone and there's like 14 Marcos (laughs) and like a million knife emojis. And I was like, something happened. (laughs) It just makes me laugh every time I think of the knife emoji, yeah, <laughs> which is, comes up surprisingly often. It which does. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I mean, in my personal brain story, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, and it's such an intense knife too. It's like the Mike Myers, like the the like the Halloween knife. It's very intense, <laughs> you know. And it just it says everything you need without saying it. What is something you wish, well, we might have kind of covered this, actually. What is something you wish was discussed more in the witch community? Mm. That's a tough question. Um, Because there's a lot of things discussed in the witch community. I just wish they were discussed nicer. Differently. But, yeah. Uh, or I guess just disgust in general uh, in like the civil way. But that's kind of tricky. Um, 
I, I do like bringing like bringing forth the discussion of like the non like not gatekeeping. Um, that's something that I, I don't like to see, you know, that kind of gatekeepers attitude of, you know, there's a post about it the other day of someone being like, you're not like a genetic lineage, witch. you're not. Yeah. Witch. It's like, that's complete Dumb. and utter <laughs> horse shit. And you know it, like, come on shit like that. Um, I, I do. And it's, it's talked about pretty openly, but I do wish that it was like the more known, like, you know, like the, that it was like the more, because I do think it could be very discouraging or intimidating to someone who has an interest in it. And if that's the first thing they come across, they're just, they're done. You know, like, I, I don't like things like that. Like, I don't like anything that to where if, a, you know, because and this is I do have a marketer's mind, like I, I I have, I'm a creative marketer and I understand like the, the psychology behind marketing and stuff like that, which is the fun part that I like. And I, I put myself in the person's shoes because I was there not that long ago. It was only three years ago that I was that person, you know, and I put myself in that person's shoes and they find an interest in something probably online and read a whole bunch of comments that are just gatekeeper like gatekeeping just hateful bullshit and i know that that ha- i know that happens all the time you know and it's like i just i wish that the the it's intimidating right now like currently i do feel like it's a little intimidating to put your toe into the community and i wish that it wasn't as much uh and that you know it was more widely accepted, you know, that it's okay to be a solo practitioner and to be brand new. But like, you know, right now that, you know, a lot of the stigma is like, still like, you need to have a coven and you got to do this and that, you know, and it's just like, I think it overcomplicates witchcraft in a way, if that makes sense. Um, and sometimes people like to make it seem a little bit more daunting and exclusive than, than it, than it is, or than it, it should be. This is interesting because I just did an interview with a new witch and she says that she feels super welcomed. Well, good. Like, I'm glad to hear that. And like, uh, I was, you know, my experience was excellent too. You know, I I just know that, um, I mean, specifically from like in the bunch of gatekeeper at it, you know, like. It's not everybody, and I think as as witchcraft is growing more mainstream, it's becoming less and less. But there, I have like seen like con- like conversations of like witches, and this is not this is just purely like putting like a, a timeline on it, like kind of like the earlier witches in like the nineties and like late eighties, you know, like that that generation of witches seeing like the new age generation of witches is just being like full of shit, you know guilty <laughs> and and I, that's it's, it's i guess you know it's normal with any kind of like generational anything you know there's going to be a bit of that but i just don't want it to to encroach into rudeness to where they make it seem like the new witches don't have a place when they do i just thought it was interesting because I also expected her when she started talking about it. I thought she was going to say, "Oh, it seems pretty gatekeepy and 
she was the complete opposite. I was shocked. I'm glad. I'm really, really. Me really too. Glad. I was. I was really interested to see that. Oh, world's different than what I thought it was. How well, does that even work? <laughs> and it's amazing too because, like, even just in the three years since we started Waba, the community has just not only grown, not just like the Waba community, but the witchcraft community yeah. has exploded, and. I, I like to think that that's a big part of it, you know, is that that's going to become less and less uh, as more people are trying to find their their place in, in the thick of it. And it is, I mean, the growth is just absolutely incredible. I'm loving it. I am too. I, I really am. Like, I'm, I'm happy to see it um, because it, it's just, it's just a good, nice, peaceful state of mind. You know, if nothing else, like, and I, I think the the world needs more of that, uh, you know, for like a, a way to just kind of like archetype it, like kind of going back to the, the goddess type energy. You know what I mean? Like just kind of everybody just getting along and yeah, peaceful and just trying to feel each other and just be a part of each other and the community. I'm just, I'm very happy to see it. And I think that, you know, these are just isolating times in general, like not even just due to COVID, like just as you know, it gets harder to make a living and harder to do this and that. And, you know, things like that. It's just, sometimes you can just find yourself isolated and feeling like you're the only one out there and any community and, and especially when you can wrap any sort of spiritual connection in there I just think is going to help so many people just feel feel better about where they are and who they are who would you say are the three most influential people to you and your craft one of them is my grandma uh, the one that I bought the house from this was her house and she's not like a labeled witch you know but like she is um to her bones mm -hmm. but uh me and her are a lot alike in a lot of ways and she allowed this property down here in this house to become what it is she breathed life uh into this house and you know, it, it it's hard to explain until you're here, but the world's most impeccable, creative homemaker lived in this house for 20 years and just made it very interesting. You know, she's a writer. She's a poet. She's a painter. She's a sewist. She is a like master genealogist. She's knows everything about fucking aromatherapy she was a soap maker oh she's that one she did she just did everything you know like and so there was always just this creative very thoughtful energy and you know she just respected this place she respected the house and you know therefore this house has a i don't it's just a place that you come and feel that this place has been cherished and respected and the trees know it and the woods know it and it's just there's this sense of welcoming here and just the way that she was constantly evolving and, you know, I'm a natural homemaker too. I'm a homebody. I like to work in tandem with my house as an entity. And I feel like she did the same thing. And I, I really, I learned a lot just kind of, I, I don't, I didn't learn it directly, but I'm realizing now in my living here, how similar we are and how I can just sense her 
imprint on this house still. And that's, I respect the hell out of that. Like, that's cool. Um, Mm. Let me see. Uh, Charlie, of course. Like, I mean, truly, like. I was wondering if you guys were going to do that. (laughs) uh, Well, and it's just like, I legitimately, like. We keep each other fresh because we are polar opposites in so many ways. And I I think our strengths play really, really well off of each other. And we balance each other out. And that's also in witchcraft. And while we've not done actual spell work together very much, just hearing what she has to say about her work with spirit, you know, and things like that, it's just, it's it's a wonderful connection to another side of things that's not natural to me. But through her, I can feel it, you know, if that if that makes sense. Like, we're just we're very energetically connected. And I am where I am because of her and vice versa. You know, like our commitment to what we've done, I would not have grown and be doing I wouldn't be calling up Baba Yaga if not for Charlie. (laughs) You know, like that just would have never happened. It had we had to it was it took us each other, both of us. And, um, so definitely, definitely her, uh, let me see. Number three. Will you find me lame if I say you? That would be weird, but not lame. Okay. Well, I didn't know if you'd be like, mm, <laughs> kiss ass. <laughs> but seriously though, like I, well, I, if I was actually like an, an important person, I would, but who the hell am I? <laughs> Dude, you amaze me all of the time because, and I think it's, you're so fucking practical in the shit that you do with your spell work. And it's amazing. Like, and I, I don't always, and, and for so many reasons, dude, like I, you put out so much content for one. And I don't know how you do it. And I don't know where you find the time or the energy. And that's not witchcraft specific, but it's you're just always up to something, dude. And that's amazing. But I don't know. Like, just I've learned a lot from you just through community. This is going to make me cry. What the hell? (laughs) Well, just in talking, you know, just like our little random Instagram conversations, you know, like I can just ask you shit and I know you're going to have an answer to it. Like you fucking always do. And I just little things that I do, I know because I've kind of picked them up from you. Like the way that I make my egg powder is exactly the way that you make yours. You know, (laughs) little things like that. Like I put the extra herbs in it and shit and it's exactly the same. And just kind of taking that attitude of, if you have this, use it, you know, and I, that's a, that's turned into a big part of my practice. And I've just kind of seen you operate in that way of using what you have and trying to become more sufficient, self-sufficient. And I don't know, it's just, I, I, it's a big part of it. It's, it's very inspiring to me. My gosh, that's. Thank you. <laughs> Plus, it's amazing that you literally might actually be our first listener that's not family. We can't pinpoint it actually, but like, we have our suspicions. And that's cool. <laughs> like, that, you know, that's just wild. That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I love that. Like, I love that our early crew is still around. Like, I mean, the, the, like you, like first five listeners 
are still here. And that just gives me so much hope because like, like we were talking about the imposter syndrome every now and again, I do wonder like, how is this existing? Like, how have we not run this into the ground? And how have we not gotten on y'all's nerves? That's the biggest question that I think a lot. Like, how are y'all not just fucking done with us by 15 minutes into the episode? Because you feel like family. I guess so. I guess so. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) We weasel our way into your hearts. (laughs) <laughs> you just made me have actual literal tears. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the most refreshing thing of all. Cause like one thing that Charlie and me have that is very rare together is that we have exactly the same sense of humor. It, it is perfect. And we both think each other, are the funniest fucking people that have ever walked the planet. And I'm so glad that that translates because so much of it is just us cracking each other up. And I'm glad that other people think that we're funny and not just us thinking each other are funny. That's good. It's just good to know. I went and looked when you guys mentioned that you got not five star reviews. I was like, how dare you? Who who did that? And I went and looked and I was like, who are you people? And it's like, like when we read, what do you want out of your life? Like we read them and we're just like, we can't even be mad. We're just like, yeah, you're right. You don't need to listen to us. Like we are not your bag. And I guess that is okay. Like I don't think I want to be friends with that person. Yeah, so that's it's to the point now to where when we get one, it's it's almost just like a oh let's let's see what the press says today, you know, like because we're in it now, we're in it. We can't we can't change and suddenly start becoming less obnoxious. I know, that would be that would, uh, you would lose listeners. If We'd you lose did. listeners, and like that's the thing. Like when we were like we're here for it, we tried to be courteous and we we're like oh we'll put the bullshit after the credits and see how that goes. And they were like y'all no don't do that. Like put the bullshit where the bullshit belongs. Damn it. So here we are. Put the bullshit after the credits, but leave the bullshit. There's just extra yeah, bullshit just, at the end. Just put more bullshit. We need more bullshit. And that's I'm here wonderful. for the bullshit. Because y'all that's just let part us, of the draw. Y'all just let us run wild with it. And like like fucking Rocco and Laser, you know? Like it really is like hanging out. I'm so, I'm just so glad. I really am. It's just, it's wonderful because we're both natural creatives and we love to create and we have imaginations that are so fucking huge. And it's so nice that we can just be completely ourselves with our stupid ideas and they resonate. It just, it's wonderful. It's ruined me for other podcasts. (laughs) If there's not two, there has to be two people or I'm just like, this is kind of bland. (laughs) I, it's ruined me. Like just mine and Charlie's connection and our just ability to uh, it we're not putting on voices and we're not like it's just literally a conversation that has ruined me on podcasts like if if they're like putting on a you know like you know the voices you know like, yeah it i just can't or if they don't perfect this is kind of like hmm but if they don't perfectly <laughs> jive together i'm out and that's probably a little bit ridiculous, but I've found such comfort in being able to converse with Charlie in that way that it's like, if I'm going to listen to another podcast type, I want to hear the same kind of flow. I don't want to be made uneasy. That's why I listen to you at Ear Biscuits, and that's almost it. 
I need to listen to them. I, I just keep hearing wonderful things. It's fascinating to me that they met in first grade and they're still best friends. That's like that's fascinating. That's I don't like know. cosmic at that point. I never, I didn't even like my sister for the first 20, 30 years. Yeah, I don't know anyone. I don't communicate with a single, I don't think, uh, person anymore from that young. I mean, that's that's amazing. I know. It fascinates me. So I kind of have to listen to see, <laughs> is this still happening? Are you still buddies? <laughs> so alien to me. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm a bit, I'm I'm kind of like a bit of a podcast, like Judas. I'm not very loyal, I guess. Like I kind of bounce around a lot depending on my mood and like if I want to hear fiction or if I want to hear, you know, this or that, which I don't know if that's a bad thing that like as a podcaster, I should be more avid in my like podcast research and listening to <laughs> who others. you are. But I just be who you are. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I, and I I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have it in me to 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 do that. So I listen to my like handful of just like ones that I kind of cycle through and I'll leave them for a few months and I'll come back and I do that. That keeps me. That keeps me good. Keeps my podcast pantry. Although, full. remember how you described what it was like to get back into reading fiction? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I grew up listening to like radio serials on NPR. Oh yeah. And then they the back to Red Link again, I can't escape. But <laughs> they came out with Ronstadt, which is a serial. It feels like that. It's so great. Yeah. 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 I I know exactly what you mean. I, I felt the same way when I the first podcast I'm gonna be very cliche right now. The first podcast I ever listened to was Serial. And I ever, that was, I was working at my corporate job and I'd never listened to a podcast before. It was 2016. I had never listened to a podcast before and I listened to Serial. And it did sweep me up. Like I just, that medium, like I, it, it gave me the same feeling like that, that, that swelling of like excitement that come the same love of like when I fell into fiction, like I do remember the first time I fell into like a, a podcast like that, that was telling a story and it did catch me, you know, that's fun. I miss it. Like I'm excited every Tuesday, a new episode of Ronstadt's coming out. What is it? It is, um, it's like a story about a guy who can see a different plane. Oh, so it's fictional. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a serial fan. It's like like Lord of the Rings was what I listened to with my dad. Uh-huh. Lord of the Rings and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh. Galaxy. So it's that kind of feel. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. It's not deep like that. Yeah. But it's a but, story. Yeah. It's a fun story. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's interesting. I've never, I don't know if I've ever listened to like a long running, like season long, like kind of podcast. I guess I'd listen, there was one I listened to called The Gray Rooms and then one called Limetown. Uh, and they were fiction, but I think I finished them. I got, and I did like it. You're right. I should do that. I might listen to it. I do like a good story podcast. And it's only like 30, 40 minutes. So, it gets me to work and halfway home, and then I call my mom. <laughs> there you go, dude. I love commute car phone, like commute phone calls. There's something just so wonderful about them. 
And they have a definite end because I actually hate talking on the phone. It's like, all right, got to gotta get off the phone now. Got to get <laughs> out of my car. Got to open the gate. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Is there anything else you want to bring up that maybe you wanted to talk about and I didn't ask? Uh, I don't know. I feel like we've kind of danced all over the place in this in this little chat here. Solved a lot of the world's problems. Um, That's the goal. Yeah, you know. That and world domination. Right and left over here. That's what we're doing. We're just fixing it all. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I would just... I don't have anything, I guess, else like to to talk about, but I don't know. Just everybody, let's just all be, let's just all be nice. How's that? Let's just all be nice <laughs> to each other. Those are my like Mr. Rogers-esque closing statement is let's just be each other's neighbors. Let's be nice. See how that, let's try that out. I do try to do that, actually. I believe that. Hey believe that whole heart i don't worry about you (laughs) that's because i hide it well (laughs) (laughs) so who do you think i should have on the show next uh not next but who who would you like to have this who would you like to hear this kind of conversation from You can't say Charlie. She's already agreed to come on. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I I think it would be pretty cool to hear a conversation between you and uh, Jordan Moon. Oh, yeah. I was going to. I was thinking about asking her. I think that would be fascinating. Uh, she's a fascinating person to talk to anyway. Um, I, I just think I think that would be a really, really, a really good conversation. Um let me see. I'm trying to think if there's any uh, beans that can can come to mind. Oh, uh, I don't know if you've ever been connected to uh, Rowan from Season of the Witch or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's great. We actually did an interview with him for his show, Season of the Witch. Uh, he lives in uh, England and he has this beautiful, posh, gorgeous, sweet, sassy little accent. <laughs> and uh, he was great to talk to you. So I would recommend Rowan. Uh, and let me see. I feel like I'm missing like a very glaring bean that I'm just missing entirely. And it's stressing me out. Ah. Just send me a voice clip and yell it. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, this one. Um, another, I think several, like it's, it's honestly like, um, I do have my eye in there. Yeah. Like, like Penelope, <laughs> uh, from Prairie Fire Herbal. Uh, I think that I've never spoken to him directly, but I think Zarek from Carson Valley Creations would oh, be yeah. a fun one to talk to. Uh, just a bunch. There's, it's, there's just so many. Um, I, I would even say Sarah from Bright Witch. Like, She's on my list too. She's such a creative powerhouse. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. You know, there's just so, there's so many just wonderful people out there that I think not only would be great to talk to you, but would be super, super fun to talk to and be into it. Um, and I actually have the two surprise questions. Oh, Are you ready? Bring them. 
first, I want you to recommend something. It can be anything, a snack, a story, a song, okay. a thought practice, whatever. Uh, I'm going to recommend just because it is the most relevant to me currently. Um, it's an album. It's a record. Nothing. It's not witchy. Uh, but Shaky Graves uh, came out with, and it's actually like a 10-year-old album, but he like just released it. And it's kind of his, it's just a cobbled together collection of his like live tracks and other songs that he recorded like 10 years ago. And some, new, you know, it's just very interesting. And it's called Roll the Bones X, like the number, just X, because for 10. And it's just a remarkable album. It's so good. And it is when you listen to it, you're hearing somebody making music that is precisely the music they want to be making and for nobody else. And that's always refreshing to hear, even if it's not yeah. like your type that's of usually music. usually the best. Yeah. It's, and it's weird. He's creative and he just, he just picks weird notes and harmonies and it just, he does what he wants to do. And I'm actually, I'm seeing him. This is relevant. I'm seeing him tonight. We're going tonight to see him. And I absolutely cannot wait, but I highly recommend Roll the Bones X. Play it in order because it's a story. Uh, oh, okay. Like throughout, well, throughout it is a story. There's three audio tracks of him telling the story of his haunted guitar. And he plays this like old, like <laughs> 1930s, like Gibson that belonged to this man who fought, like stormed the beaches of Normandy, literally. <sighs> and um, his hands were burned in a infer like infirmary uh, fire. He saved a whole bunch of soldiers and burned his hands. So every day he had to like break his cartilage just to play this guitar. Holy crap. And when he died, this guitar passed to this guy and this guitar then from him passed to shaky graves. The, and that's just like his, his name, you know, and he's telling the story of like getting this guitar and learning to play this haunted guitar in this man, Jay Manley, who owned it before. It's a fascinating record. It's so good. And um, that's that's my recommendation. Roll the Bones X by Shaky Graves. Play it in order. Wait, is that a real story? Yeah, it's his story. He's telling the Holy story. Holy crap. And it's like, so throughout the album, you hear Shaky Graves having a conversation with the guy he got the guitar from. And they're just telling the story of how he got, like, the day they met, when he first got the guitar, how he learned to play it, and and stuff like that. And so it's just like throughout the record is just audio tracks just like this. <sighs> it's great. Cool. Okay, second question. I want you to tell me a story that you love to tell. It doesn't matter what it's about. Just one that you enjoy telling, that you can tell the drop of a hat. Have I ever told you the story about how I almost had my arm broken trying to break up a dogfight? Did I tell that on the episode or did I ever say that on a live? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a stupid story. Okay, this is maybe my favorite story to tell. (laughs) I don't even have to think. It's the one. So when I was in college, I lived in a rent house in a semi-sketch neighborhood. I wouldn't say fully sketch, but semi-sketch neighborhood. And it was one of those neighborhoods to where it was a circle. And so we were on the inside of the circle, which meant that our backyard shared a fence with the neighbors like on the other side of the circle. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we, and being a, a neighborhood of rent, ho- rent houses, it was a college town. There's just tons of turnover all of the time. So you never know who's going to like be your neighbor one month in like your backyard, you know, shit like that. And so at the time I had Gizzy, my little red Corgi and Jorah. I had had Jorah for about a year now. 
uh, and he was with me. And we had a big backyard, kind of, and we lived in this house. Well, so we had these new neighbors show up, and they, in their backyard, put an actual, and I'm not, like, happy about it, like, it's sad, but an actual fighter pit. And, I mean, scarred up, everything. Like, you could tell this was a fighting dog. And it was sharing a back fence with us. And I knew immediately that this was going to be a problem because, like, I let the dogs out and he was out and he was, like, trying to get through the fence. The And he started digging, like, under to get under Great. the fence to get to my dogs. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And so I, like, went and got some landscaping timbers and, like, tried to – and I, like, talked to the people and I was like, look, this is going to be a problem. Like, you've got to figure out what to do about this. And, of course, they didn't. And so I do want to say the story does not end bad, but it sounds like it's going to, but then it turns into absolute stupidity. So <laughs> – uh, my roommate had a little Yorkie named Zeus uh, that also lived with us. And so all three dogs were out in the backyard one day. And I was just kind of like in my room and my room looked out into the backyard. And I start hearing like dogs going at it. And I look out the window and this dog has dug its head under the fence and has the little Yorkie by the chest, not that, but like got by his like chest muscles, you know, and he won't let go. And he's like, got his head and Gizzy and Jorah are like biting this dog's head, you know, trying to get him to let Good go. for them. Well, so sort I of. at the time was like dating this guy. I dated him for like, uh, like two months, you know, it's college. And he was, <laughs> he was over that day. And he, and so I see this start happening and I just yell some sort of expletive noise to get everybody's attention that something was wrong. And so who was in the house at the time was me, the ex-boyfriend and the co-owner of the dog, the boyfriend, not the girlfriend whose actual dog it was, but like he had the dog through extension, you know, step parent. <laughs> sure. Yes. And thankfully the dog's mother was not at home. And so we, don't really know what to do, but we all just start heading to the backyard outside. To, you know, we just run to this dog. And so luckily, ex-boyfriend, luck, well, semi-luckily and unluckily, ex-boyfriend has the good foresight to grab a broom on the way out. Like a, you know, like a yeah. just an aluminum broom. And so we get out there and we really don't know what to do about this situation because the dog is in like kill mode and won't let go. And for some reason, the boy, the not the 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 step parent, we'll call him the step parent. Okay, he lifts he lifts up the bottom of the fence. I don't. Oh. I, I just don't. I think it was panic, oh. and so that allows the dog to pull the little dog oh, onto no. its oh, side no. of the fence. And this is what I was talking about earlier, like in in danger moments. I just scaled <laughs> the chain link fence. And I went and I grabbed the dog's neck, the the big one. I grabbed its neck and tried to just like uh, choke hold it. Something, you know, it was bigger than I was, but it was just like, I wasn't even thinking. And then and that was the same thing in that moment with my arm around its neck. I was like, well, this was fucking stupid, <laughs> you know? And so then as, you know, because it was a stupid idea, boyfriend jumps the fence and i like to think you know because i just i just because of what happened afterwards i paint this in my mind even though i don't think this happened at all but i like to think he like scaled the fence and he like he landed in like an action hero pose and you know 
And he, he rears back with all of his, he's got this broom, right? You know, he rears back with all of his might and goes to hit this dog just to shock it to, but he misses and he breaks the whole broom (laughs) over my forearm, like snaps it over my forearm, doesn't hit the dog. And I just make some sort of like noise and fall over, like just from the shockwaves of what just happened. So it's pure fucking pandemonium at this point. And I'm just sitting there on the ground, like with my arm and he's trying to smack this dog. And somehow he lets go of Zeus. And so I grab Zeus with one fucking arm. But then the problem is I can't climb the fence because I, he like killed the, he deadened my arm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't climb the fence. And so I'm stuck with this dog and I handed the dog to the step parent. And so then this boyfriend just comes and it's like, the, it, it was just the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And so he goes to push me over the fence, but he launches me over the fence and I land again on said arm. And I'm so fucking pissed so angry at this point and so i mean the dust settles (laughs) finally and zeus we take him to the vet you know and he's incredibly okay it's amazing and so it's like the dog just happened to bite him right in the chest you know where dogs have loose chest skin that's all it was and so it's like all he did was kind of like because he bit him in that loose part it just kind of jiggled around and it like tore some muscles but he was there wasn't even like any blood hardly (laughs) <laughs> but so we're at the vet's office and I am, I don't, I don't think I'm white from shock, but I am white from adrenaline and the worst goddamn pain in my left arm ever. And I am seething about it. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there and I've got my arm and I just had to look like hell on wheels because the vet looks at me and is like, do you, uh, do you want some ice or can we get you anything? We're the vet's office. I'm like, and so the vet gives me an ice pack and I'm just sitting there fuming. And I later find out that it was pretty much, I got a bone bruise from that shit. And uh, it's one of my favorite stories because it's just stupid. It's just everything about it is stupid. The actions, it was all a bad idea, but luckily Zeus, the Yorkie survived to live a happy life. That's everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> oh no. Yep. So that was my time in college. Oh man. Mm-hmm. So there's your I hope you got some good stories out of the gig. Holy crap, that was perfection. <laughs> And I love stupid things anyway. I, you know, that's why my one of my favorite shirts says Taco Tuesday, and it's a picture of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. That shit gets me. <laughs> it's like picking the really childish, stupid words and Mad Libs. It's just mm-hmm. a good time. It's oh, God. exactly that. Well, this was a good time, dude. I th- I feel oh like a gosh. wrung out dish rag. I had a good time. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me and come on the show. <laughs> You're welcome. And again, I guess if this, if you listen to this and you're into it, um, <laughs> 
you can catch, uh, and uh, Charlie, my co-host, will be doing one of these as well. So if you want to taste, you want to get a taster of both of us before you just put both feet in. Hey, I get it. But you can find us uh, pretty much on anywhere podcasts live or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, everywhere, in all of them. Uh, and it's The Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. And... Uh, you know, if you, you can, you can kind of start anywhere. I, I would say, I would say you don't have to, this is not one to start from the beginning. I never start podcasts from the beginning. I start backwards. I work my way backwards. Oh no. I, well, because I feel like that's when you're going to get the most current versions of the people and their most current quality. And then if you fall in love with them, you'll be more tolerable to past versions and past quality. That makes sense. Yeah. But I am, if you want to listen, that's where we are. Uh, Socials, we're on Instagram. We don't post ever, hardly. Uh, It's at Witch Pitch Amateur Hour. Um, I have my own account at Macy Anise. And then uh, Facebook, that's Witch Amateur Hour. Uh, And then Twitter. No bitch on Facebook. Yeah, no bitch on Facebook. (laughs) There's Twitter, which is Bitch Hour. We don't post there ever, but we have Corey, who does most of that for us. Um, (laughs) And... uh, I guess that's everything. I, I think I don't know. Charlie usually does the socials part, so I feel like I feel myself <laughs> floundering. Join their Patreon, Patreon.com. Oh yeah, slash Witch Bitch Amateur. Uh, yeah, I think it's easy to find. Probably the Witch Bitch Amateur <laughs> or WBH podcast. We use them both interchangeably. Well, thanks again. It was fun to actually talk to you. <laughs> I know. I enjoyed it. I feel I, I have the nice feeling of uh of of you know like post good conversation. Mm-hmm. Very content. Well, have a good rest of your day. Have fun at the concert. I will. All right. And see, this is the thing. This is my Texans coming out. We don't know how to say goodbye. So. I do. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I will uh, take my leave. But thank you again, man. I, I learned it from my friend. We go. I guess this is the end. All right. Bye. <laughs> see, that's how my granddad is. When like he, You don't know when the phone call is going to end. It, it will be mid-sentence. He'll be like, all right, well, so uh, bye. And it's over. <laughs> And so I need to I need to channel that more, but I will I will pull from you and I'll bid you adieu. Okay. Bye. Bye, boy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Facebook at Facebook.com slash your average witch podcast, at youraveragewitch.com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple Podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read at the end of an episode. To rate Your Average Witch on Spotify, click the home key, click Your Average Witch Podcast, and then leave a rating. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Tuesday.